Hello. Welcome to this episode of the Cool Tool Show and Tell. Our special guest this week is Robert Stevens. Robert, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners and watchers? Sure. Hi, Kevin. Um, my name is Robert Stevens. I'm mostly known for being founder of the Geek Squad. And my latest thing I'm about to launch is called Chainlist. And we'll get to what Chainlist is um, after we hear about four, uh, four of Robert's favorite tools. So, um, Robert, I know that you um, like to cook and you probably have some really cool kitchen cooking tools to suggest to us what do you have well it's always tough on cool tools to narrow it down to a list so i try to do some whimsical and some good stuff okay so number one i don't have a photo of it but i know you'll put it up um i've got it on my ipad here and that is this thing here which is basically it's a mount amazon sells it it um it holds two rolls so i've got two of these next to each other two two rolls Um, of paper towels uh a paper towel on the bottom, but it also holds, it's got a slicer on there. Oh. So it holds a cling wrap and wax paper, All right. parchment paper. So I have two of these next to each other uh, in my kitchen. What I like about it is underneath the counter. So it's, it doesn't take up counter space, uh-huh. mounts it on the wall, takes mm-hmm. five minutes to mount. And I have aluminum foil and cling wrap in one and parchment paper and wax paper in the other. And, um, the only thing I don't recommend is don't put your spices on top of that thing because <laughs> your, your spices should be away from the oven, away from heat, and uh-huh. nowhere near sun. They should be in the dark. They'll last longer. So that's my first one. So, so okay. So, so does it have a name, this this unit? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, it is called the um, Life Hike, the Wall Mount Paper Towel Holder and Dispenser. Right. And so it's about the size... You can imagine two rolls of paper towels for those who are listening. It's uh, two rolls of paper towels about that size. And there's a little case and it's wall mounted and it's a dispenser and it sort of looks kind of sleek and modern. And um, uh, I presume it's like made out of plastic or something, hard plastic or is it metal? Yes, plastic. It's really easy. You mount the base frame in the wall. You take the roll out of the aluminum foil box or the parchment paper box and you put it in there and they have slicers. So when you want something, you cut only the size you want and it slices it perfectly and it's easy to refill. And uh, I have two of them. So you can uh, take off the mounts so you don't need two paper towel roll holders. I only have right, one right. roll of paper towel. So it's configurable. And I think they're like, I don't know, it's not expensive. It's like 30 bucks. I actually never thought about that. But I guess if you were really into, um, you know, a, a production kitchen, you could have a whole wall of different rolls. Um, kind of like you, if it was your, if, if that was my workshop, that's what I would be doing. I'd have all yeah. the, I'd have the foil, I'd have the wrap, I'd have the towels, I'd have the butcher paper, all in rolls. Just in yeah. one location. You'll see that on like Pinterest too. Actually, you can't see it, but right next to me, underneath on the underneath my shelf, I've got a big white craft paper yeah. uh, mount underneath, you know, from Uline that we're pulling big sheets of paper. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's the first one. Cool. And um, about how much does it cost? Around 30, 35 bucks, I think, on right. Amazon. Um, you know, the, what I like about it too is like even if you don't cook a lot, it's good for just when you need it and it's not taking up counter space. Um, I mean, I'm even hesitant to recommend certain things because I know people, even if you don't cook a lot, I think 
everybody should have this because when you're putting the plate on there, um, it's easier to cut that stuff off. So it's super convenient. Right. Okay, great. So um, roll dispensers. So um, tell us about your, your second cool tool. Okay, the second one is um, this thing. It is a garlic slicer. Now, I recommend that you cut and mince your own garlic. It's better with a sharp knife. Do it on the cutting board. I rarely mince it with a... I've got a hand mincer. But what I love about this is so well designed. It's um, It comes in three pieces, so you can easily wash it. And what you do is this clicks in there. And this is for when you have... What this does is it slices garlic cloves paper thin so you can almost read through them. This is good for when you need to do six to 10 cloves of garlic. You just stuff them in there after you've peeled them. And this has this little guide on there. It goes in there and this so beautifully works. And you turn it and it will push down the garlic and slice them into beautifully, perfectly thin. So if you like, you're watching that Goodfellas movie where, you know, uh, the mafia boss says you got to slice the garlic like, you know, paper thin to extract all the garlic flavor. So I love this thing because it fits in the back of your drawer. You're going to use it four times a year, but it it's nice and you won't cut your finger. And it comes with this. Um, this should almost get a Nobel Prize. Um, this is just a tube of silicon. OK, well, what's great about this is if you want to peel a garlic clove and you want to get your hands stinky, you put the garlic clove in there and you just roll it. And what this does is it deforms the surface of the garlic clove enough that the skin will just pop off Really, end up with perfectly good. So simple. Wow. Um, there's a link again for Amazon. Again, I think this is, this might be 20 bucks, but it's, this is hefty. You can put it in the dishwasher. These blades stay super sharp. I think this one's like five years old now and it slices like a brand new razor. Wow. Wow. So you can actually peel garlic just by, rubbing it basically rubbing the skin off with that silicone tube that's right one day we'll do another video i'll show you there's a bigger trick if you have to peel like four or five heads of garlic you bash the heads and break them into little things and you put them in a metal bowl and you put another metal bowl on top and you shake it and bang it and what will happen is the garlic cloves will bounce around in the metal and as they hit the side of the bowl, they'll if you could see it in a slow-mo, they would deform slightly. And when you pour it out, you get 30 garlic cloves and all their skins is totally separated. That's the way you peel mass quantities of garlic, which you may all be doing in you know, a month or two for your next big family holiday. <laughs> okay. uh, and do you happen to know the name of that um, garlic peeler? Yes, this is called the Pampered... Uh, the company's called Pampered Chef. Um, garlic slicer and peeler. So, okay. um, yeah, it's a small brand, but they tend to make really good stuff. Wow, you're hitting it out of the park here with uh, with tools I had not heard about before. Oh, so- just wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you ready for number three? I'm ready for number three. Okay, here we go. Now, I I rarely like to tell people to get one-off things. Yeah. There's some things Single that are use. so useful. Single use. But we, yeah. This here looks like a blowtorch. It does. But it's, but it's not. And it's not some kind of perverse device. Um, this is the easy kebab maker. And I love the design. Okay. What? What you do is you <laughs> stuff your oh. kebab meat in here. Oh, like I a piston. Yeah. 
it'll uh-huh. be like this, okay? And then what you do is you take your skewers and you stick it in there. And as you as you pump down, it squeezes out perfect meat onto your kebab skewer. And it just, it makes perfectly looking kebabs. And you lay them on the cookie sheet. And this all unscrews into four pieces. So it's easy to clean. So there's no raw meat or anything. And it's easy to get the stuff oh. out of there. Um, so you can put it in this dishwasher safe. Now, I would argue, well, maybe I don't need, you might be thinking out there, dear viewer, that this is not for me. I'm not making kebabs. Yes, the reason you're not making kebabs is because you don't have this thing. If you had it, <laughs> you'd be making it more often. And for those of you that are vegan, I'm sure there's a recipe out there for mushroom kebabs. So it's not just for meat lovers. Right. Um, so this is the so kind of, of kebab that where, where, where the, the ground meat is formed around the long stick. If in Iran, they okay. call them, um, they have a name for them, but uh, that is a typical Iranian Persian kebab. Um, right. And to describe to the people who are not able to see this, it looks like um, some PVC piping that's about a foot high with a little angle at the top with a that's side... Right with a side uh, turn for the, the piping. And then uh, there's a piston at the bottom, which is about another foot. And the That's whole right. thing is you're compressing the hamburger-ish stuff inside it. And you and instead of making little patties, it's kind of extruding out. Thank you. Like it's extruding. Tube. It extrudes your kebab. That's right. Extruding the kebab onto your skewer. And um, yeah, it would make really sense if you have a bunch of them to do. Yeah, you know, because when you're doing them, you're making a bowl and it's just easier. Now I know traditionally you're supposed to hand form them, but they get messy and your hands are sticky and they end up looking like turds these look professional and so if you're gonna do kebabs and you'll do i i would say i see it in there every time i walk in my pantry i'm like it's friday it's kebab day let's do that (laughs) so that's worth having easy kebab maker is his name and there's a link and again it's inexpensive this is maybe 25 30 bucks yeah okay all right you are wowing me so i am what's the grand number four uh, this is number three coming, but uh, oh, right, number four, but there's a bonus. There's always a bonus when you hand me out. Okay, this is number four. This is the Norman, N-O-R-M-A-N-N, Norman from Copenhagen. You know what this is? This is the most whisk. beautiful whisk you'll ever a own. Whisk. Yes. I, okay, why a whisk? Because something worth having is worth owning. Um, I've had this now for maybe 10 years. Yeah. It, the color is still perfect. It hasn't faded. It goes to the dishwasher every other day. You can adjust the size of the whisk that you want. Oh, no. You want large whisk. Uh, some things are so beautifully designed. This should be in the museum. It probably is in the Museum of Modern Art. At least it's in the gift store, I'd bet. Right. Um, but uh, And there's not only the Amazon. Uh, there might be a knockoff on there, but there's a company called designpublic.com. I've got the link for you. And this is a little pricier. I think it may, I, th- I think I saw it 20 to $25 online. You should own this because it's small. It takes up no space. It's not going to get tangled up metal in the bottom of your, because most whisks are full size and they take up all this space in your drawer. Right. This so there's like two, pencil. there's two advantages to this one. One is those versions of whisks. So for the readers, they look like a little bit of um, 
they're splayed out, look like fiber, fiber optic, those glass fibers that come out. Um, you've seen some of those lights where there's a, a bundle and then they kind of splay out. And that's the form of the whisk rather than the kind of the ones that make a closed loop, your normal egg beater kind of a, of a whisk. So these are easier to clean. They're much easier to clean than the ones that have the kind of the formed closed version. And then the and one of my is, favorite things is, is that while you're working on it on the tabletop, it oh. stands up on its own. I mean, right. who doesn't love the Danish? I mean, the Scandinavians, you can't beat them for design. They're just yeah, perfect. Yeah. Right. So that one stands up. So, and then the third one is that you can adjust the size and collapse it to fit in your drawer. Yeah. They can put a hook, which I don't hang it. Cause it's so nice. It goes right in the front of my drawer. It tucks in there. Right. It's not, you know, sometimes the things in your drawer, they're all getting tangled up. I love this thing. Love this design. You should have it. Right. And and again, remind us of the name of that. Uh, it's the Norman uh, Whisk. Right. Uh, I label it as the coolest and best whisk. In so the this world. one looks like it's made out of a hard plastic. And um, it's, again, it's about a foot long. Um, and it collapses into kind of just like a tube. Um, so um, yeah. it's, I, I think of it kind of like a collapsible whisk. Well, we tend to think of plastics as cheap and cracking, you know, and that's the mark of something really good. This is, like I said, this is maybe 10 years old now. It's not faded at all. Yeah. It's not chipped. Um, there are high quality plastics and that's what you tend to get in your designery products yeah. if you are a discriminating consumer like myself. Okay. Okay. I have a bonus for you, Kevin. Well, um, I expected nothing less, Robert. So... I said I, I'm not a big fan of like, uh, you know, uh, there are milestones in our life where you can judge how mature you are. Like, you know, if you're single in your 20s, you probably don't even own a toaster yet, right? And it's the amount of stuff that you acquire. So I'm hesitant to give people advice on appliances. I've also been looking for a gift to give people. And what do you? What am I going to give Kevin Kelly, right? Because you, ha you if you don't have it, you've made it. Okay. Uh, what do you give the man who has everything? What do you give the person who makes everything else? And I think a gift should be something that's not a burden on people. Mm -hmm. So I began looking around and I came up with the idea of the tasting spoon. The tasting spoon for me is a beautiful object. It could be heirloom like quality. I found a few online. I didn't find the exact type I wanted. And I found an artist in Petaluma and, um, her name is Amy, and she runs a website called The Iron Artisan's Daughter. She's actually the daughter of a blacksmith. And I went to her, and I, because uh, she had been selling these egg spoons online that you see where you can cook an egg over a fire, a single egg. And I said, could you help me work with me to design a tasting spoon? I want to give this as a gift to my best friends, even for people who don't cook. And for those of you out there that don't cook, this object is what I designed with her. Wow. It's a hand um, wow. forged brass spoon. Now brass requires care. It will it will fade uh, if left to exposed oxygen. Yeah, you don't put this in the dishwasher. You hand wash it. You dry it. Um, I even had a little block of wood that it rests on here. I give this to my best friends around the world. And this is just a little reminder. It's an object that will last for centuries. She sells this for $95. Every single one is handmade by her in, Petal in the beautiful hills of Northern California. 
And I'm not, I don't get a dime from this, by the way, this is her deal. I just came to her and she liked it so much. She now sells them on her website and I've got the link. And, and this is a brass tasting spoon. And do is the design of the tasting part of it kind of optimized for tasting? It looks like it's, it's got That's like right. a, a tablespoon of content and it's That's right. Easy a tasting to... spoon should have a like two sips worth, right? It's got to have a big enough bowl there, right? right. This right. curve here is to allow you to lower it lower than your hand because you don't want to go like this and have it spill off. So it's right. got to be able to reach in there. That's what this curve. Right. She added this little flourish here, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. So you're kind of grabbing it. So they're kind of this spoon comes not with one, not two, but three curves. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you just don't see that in any spoon out there. So anyway, for those of you out there that think, oh, I don't cook. Well, do you eat? I mean, it's good for tasting. <laughs> this is a reminder for you that objects in your kitchen should be beautiful. If they can, they should be handmade. They should last a long time. This is something you can pass down to your yeah, brethren. Yeah. And um, it should remind you to slow down and taste the sauce. Yeah. That's what it's for. That is That's wonderful. Perfect. That's this fantastic. The brand. And by the way, Kevin, this one, is for you, which I will <laughs> give to you the next time I see you. Here, I'm I'm receiving it right now. Okay, it'd be cool if I could actually get it like that. So, Robert, uh, you are interested in so many things, and I know that um, you can't stop making things yourself. You're making a new thing that's the world has never seen before. So, tell us a little bit about. Um, what your passion project is these days. Well, we all have our obsessions. My latest obsession besides cooking uh, is checklists. I see them everywhere. Um, there's that movie where the guy says, I see dead people. I see, uh, you know, when you're in tech support, like I have been for 30 years fixing the world's computers, You, I can't walk into a building, sit in a car, walk by a park bench without seeing something that needs maintenance. I mean, our friend Stuart Brand is writing his great opus now on maintenance. And the checklist is something that nobody wants to think about, but everything that we own requires maintenance. Even this spoon, uh, our computers, our homes, ourselves require maintenance. But one of the problems is where do you store this stuff? So basically I um, marveled at GitHub for years where people can reuse code in software well checklists are like code for humans source code so if you buy a home or you have a cabin or you own a boat there's dozens hundreds thousands of things that you have to do on a monthly quarterly weekly basis nobody wants to carry that in their head and a checklist is great for that but the problem with the paper checklist is they're static and they're not dynamic so i want to create a platform that allows people to basically follow, subscribe, remix checklists. And by subscribing to them like a newsletter, it'll remind you. So I made one like for a home maintenance checklist and you just subscribe. And like a newsletter, it only talks to you when it's time to do something. But I built a platform, let anybody make anything they want. Um, the last thing I'll tell you is it's designed to um, work like a personal almanac. I'm working on like a cookbook for my kids, but what if you could subscribe to a season of food and instead of carrying in your head, it emails you and says, Hey, it's time. Uh, blood oranges are about to come in season. Here's mm -hmm. how to store them. Here's what you can make with them. And I think like with a lot of other things like in technology, technology, I think can help humans extend their memory. And that's what a good list does. Right. 
So I think of, you know, the, your normal paper checklist is sort of, as, as you said, it's sort of static and inert and dumb. These are smart living checklists. They're smart in the sense that they <clears throat> know what day it is and they send you something, a reminder on that day. And they're living in the sense that they um, are adaptable and can be changed and improved and shared, more importantly. So, so right. smart living checklists. It's a really cool idea. So where yeah, every list, every list forms its own community around it. Like if you're into walking or hiking or travel, um, every time you go on a trip, you're updating that list, but the ability, it becomes much more powerful if you can share that and others, the way our software works is that you can copy it, but it retains a tether to the source you copied from. So you can have parallel lists that kind of live alongside each other and they sort of can talk to each other. So if you have a good item, I can copy it into mine and you can copy uh, back and then you start to build up kind of a network effect. Can you, um, can you, I understand how you can copy a list, but can you copy an item in a list and have it also be dynamic and updatable? Yes, that's one of the features I put in there. In fact, it's, a lot of my ideas came from, um, looking at GitHub. So GitHub has the pull request where you can pull in any line of code from any other piece of software that's shared into yours. And in the future, you can track if that source has been updated and pull in the latest version. Nice. Same thing on Chainlist. That's why we call it Chainlist. It's not blockchain related, but it's more about this chain of information. So you can actually search across the site for any list and pull individual items in and it retains a link. And the cool part is it'll tell you in the future if that source list is updated, you'll see a little red dot next to the item and it'll, you can pull a newest version through if you want or ignore it. So I'm hopeful that this uh, start to build over the years into a kind of a corpus of mm -hmm. uh, knowledge, but everything also has a schedule attached to it. So the list talks to you when it's time to do something. Right. That's the smart part where it knows what the date is. Um, and um, so that's right now, um, what's the dynamic? Is it a free site or do you have subscriptions or w w what's the deal? Well, it's in it kind of in public beta right now. So, yeah. So I've put it out there. It's on chainlist.com. You can play with it. I think the only lists on there right now are mine. Um, so it needs people to, the, the shelves are empty, but the store is ready. You know, you can go in there, you can make stuff, you can share it. It'll take me a while to ramp this up, but I've experienced with building, um, brands over many years and making things that last. But yeah, it's going to be free. Uh, my plan is to eventually, uh, you know, there are two ways I think to make money. One is to creators like you that do YouTube videos. I want to allow you to say, hey, if you like this video, instead of just subscribing to a YouTube channel, I put all my advice in this video into a checklist. You can subscribe to that. That allows you a new tool to offer a relationship with your audience. Mm -hmm. And the other one might be um, premium features um, where you can do assignment and tracking and, you know, pro features like a lot of software and even maybe brands. I would love um, Home Depot when they sell you a generator or a dishwasher, they offer you a free subscription to self-maintain your dishwasher without having to buy a warranty if you want. Um can you kind of reinterpret a recipe as basically a chain list as a checklist? Sure. I mean, you know, once you cook a recipe five or 10 times, you can start to riff on it. And right. but if I you mean, think about it, you could pass, you could pass around recipes in the form of chain lists where that were, 
they're improvable. Um, you can have little sub sub routines where you, well, this, 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 you know, you say, okay, just whisk the thing. Well, or fold in. Okay. Well, there, there's a little subroutine that, that will give you another checklist about how you actually fold in something. Exactly. So, I think there's a lot of cooking that people don't do because think of the cookbooks on your shelf at home right now. You've probably passed that one recipe that looks interesting. Oh, I don't have time. Or by the time you look at the recipe, it's like, oh, I was supposed to start prepping it three days ago. That's because a static list on paper can't remind you three mm -hmm. weeks ahead of time, hey, Thanksgiving's coming. Have you ever smoked a pheasant before? It's actually really easy. You can do it on a Weber grill. Well, if you'd subscribe to a set of recipes weeks, months before, you could pre-order it or make sure you have the gear. And instead of doling it all out in one big list, it does a kind of time release slowly and says, hey, if you're interested, blood oranges are coming in season. There's a great blood orange margarita you can make. Um, here's how to juice them. Here's how to use it. So uh, I actually hope it's able to reinvent things like a recipe mm -hmm. um, coupled with the concept of time. Yeah. That's really great. Robert, this is actually, first of all, you, you have great picks. You're a great presenter, very succinct and to the point. Thank you for um, sharing your love for cooking and tools and for uh, your chain list. I hope that really takes off. I urge people to try it out. We'll have the link again, chainlist.com. Is that right? Or .org? That's right. Chainlist.com. Chainlist.com. <clears throat> and, um, um, try your hand at it and see um, if it works for you. That because it, it's a tool itself. So thank you, um, and we'll um, see you another time. Always good to see you, Kevin. Take care. Bye. We're glad that you enjoyed this issue of the Cool Tools Show and Tell. Just want to remind you that we have some other coolish material on our YouTube channel here. Please subscribe, comment, like. In addition. Um, this Cool Tools Show and Tell is also available in an Audible podcast form. You can subscribe to it wherever you subscribe to other podcasts if you just wanted to listen. And if you're listening, know that there is a visual version of this on our YouTube channel where we're actually showing the tools and um, there's a little bit more of a visual component there. In addition, the same folks that put us, uh, the Cool Tools website out, we also put out a free newsletter every week. It's very, very short. It's one page or less. We recommend six very brief items um, that are very succinct, easy to read. You can deal with it in a couple minutes. And every week we bring to you the six cool things that we have uncovered and want to share. And it's called Recommendo with one M, recommendo.com. You'll be able to find it there. It's free. Join 50,000 plus other subscribers every Sunday morning. You'll get it in your email box. And it's actually one of the most popular things that we produce. But we do produce other newsletters as well. One of them is called What's in Your Bag. We have one that goes out to um, tools and tips for your workshop. So you can get those at our website. Um, and they are also free. And finally, um, I want to mention the fact that... Um, we do have a Patreon, and um, this uh, podcast and this vidcast are supported by Patreon supporters. The minimum is a dollar a month. 
And for that, you get um, an email to ask us anything. We will respond and um, answer your question if we're able to. There are other higher levels. You can all see those at our Patreon page. And all those links are below right here. So thank you again for being a fan. And um, we'll keep producing stuff if you enjoy it. Thanks. We give thanks to this week's patrons who include Dan Dow, Bruce Bear, Shiraz, Sherwani, Ed O'Brien, Mary, Esther Brooks, Dan, Spakowitz, Maureen, Grolnick, Pillabine, Santiago, Uribe, and Kevin Sill. Thank you all for your support.